Hey gang, the episode you're about to listen to comes from our Patreon, and we're putting it out on the main feed as a bit of a preview for the type of content you get from our Patreon. On the Patreon, we release two to three bonus episodes a month. One is always a reduced redo, an episode where we have Lauren watch an anime we recorded pre-her joining the podcast, voted on by the patrons. The other is a monthly wrap-up where we talk about what our favorite OPs, EDs, characters, predictions were for the month. Then answer patron-submitted questions. Finally, we try to do a new format bonus episode every month just to switch things up on the feed. This has ranged from a season preview where prior to the spring 2022 season, we had Lauren look at the names and posters for every new anime coming up and make rapid-fire predictions on what they'd be about to a Skylar-led deep dive into the toxic tropes that exist in the shoujose genre. To the episode we are sharing with you today, our anime pitch meeting, where we revisit one of Lauren's predictions and pitch an actual anime out of it. If anything so far has excited you or the episode captures you, we invite you to become a patron for Kawaii Disappointment. Tier started our $3 Kawaii Desu patron tier, which affords you access to all of our Patreon exclusive episodes. At our $5 Super Desu patron tier, you can now vote on our monthly polls for upcoming content and submit questions for our monthly wrap-up. Finally, our $8 Eternal Desu patron tier gives you all of the previous perks, plus a monthly postcard drawn by Skylar and delivered to you, along with some additional goodies like anime stickers, keychains, or pins. You can join our Patreon by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. This episode, once again, is made possible by our patrons, so a special shout out to them. Skullbosh, Alex J, Rebelin and Isekai, Jellums, Magical Girl Charlotte, Nene Killua, and Eliza L. All of that aside, we invite you to join us now for our Patreon preview as we show you our February bonus episode, Anime Pitch Meeting, Murder Twins. Hello and welcome to Anime Pitch Meeting, the Kawaii Disappointment spinoff podcast where three people who have at one point or another aspired to be writers have an as of yet undetermined amount of time to turn a humble lore and anime prediction into the pitch for an awesome anime. With you as always is me, your host and weave of all trades, PJ. And me, Skylar, one third of the podcast. And I'm Lauren. I am the newest addition to the Kawaii Desu Pod. And this week we are uh, kicking off Anime Pitch Meeting, which will be, I mean, if you couldn't tell by every part of the intro, a blatant ripoff slash homage to one of my favorite podcasts, Story Break. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Go check out Story Break, uh, which has unfortunately ended. R.I.P. If you want to see kind of what we're going for here, but regardless, we are going to have, um, I mean, as of yet, we're not sure. Some I'm, I'm imagining something like 20 to 30 minutes to take one of Lauren's poster predictions where she kind of has a wild guess about what she thinks an anime is going to be about and turning it into an anime itself, uh, specifically the first two episodes of an anime as per, you know, traditional Kawaii Disappointment style. And this week we are going to kick it off with Lauren's first episode ever prediction which was from the card captor sakura episode why don't we revisit that prediction okay so then based on the poster i went very dark actually and i thought okay this is about murder twins <laughs> <laughs> tell me more about these murder twins i mean i guess these are the murder twins right the characters on the poster yeah because there's this little boy and this little girl and i was like okay clearly murder twins okay that's fun i love that yeah i love that so tell me about the green murder twin <laughs> okay so that's the brother right and they run this like underground like casino game place and you go in <laughs> to like play games and you get trapped in these games because the only way to escape is to win but you can't win because guess what murder twins they're not gonna let you win it's so wild to me how little you know about anime and how much you already completely understand how anime works <laughs> You've already, like, combined four different anime. <laughs> that are very <laughs> successful out there. Just write your own anime at this point. I guess, yeah, the universe is telling me to. So tell me about the female murder twin. Does she have anything different about her? She is the head honcho. So she's the one who's, like, in charge of everything. She's a boss bitch. Can I swear on this podcast? Of yes. course you can. Okay, great. So, yeah, no, she's the boss bitch. She's the one you don't cross. The brother, the little green boy in the back. He, like, might have a moral compass, but that's, like, to be determined, you know? Okay, and then tell me about this little flying, like, plushy animal next to them. That, I thought, was, like, the spirit of the game that you were playing. So, like, that pops up and it's like, sorry, game over, and then you have to go back to start. Honestly, this is so fun. <laughs> 
I would watch the hell out of this anime. Seriously. Maybe we should riot. All right, so I feel like we have a lot to work with here. I'm so fucking (laughs) excited. I really peaked with that prediction. I don't think I've ever gotten as good. I think we'll have plenty of predictions to work off of if we decide to continue this series. (laughs) But I do think that uh, it is fitting that your first one was a real knockout of the park. Everybody gets one, and that was mine. Okay. Okay. So I love just a quick concept, not necessarily building the episodes yet. The casino, and then it's the games, right? Mm-hmm. Can they be games crafted around the player's sins? Like, they're bad people. Why would they come to the casino if that was the case? Like, clearly, the way that I read this was like, it's like a trap, almost. Mm-hmm. It is a trap, yeah. You go there to play the game, you just think you're going to go play an innocent game, and then you get stuck there forever when you lose and you always lose. But I I guess like I'll blue sky out my idea here too mm-hmm. in response is I think it's a, it is a regular casino until you're a problem. So I think each episode it is like a casino, but then you always have like this character or these characters if it's going to be, you know, something where there's multiple segments per Mm -hmm. episode that is you know a bad person whether they are you know sexually harassing the wait staff or they're cheating or whatever whatever it is and then they get invited to play you know the high stakes game and of course they always bite Mm. and that's where the real exciting stuff begins and then they could potentially when they get trapped fall into a trap that you know like Skylar was saying they get stuck in their their sins. I do agree. I think this is great. I do think we are starting to veer, veer very much into this just being Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 0. See, again, I've never played Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean, I've never seen Yu-Gi-Oh! Season Nor 0. Well, listeners can listen to our Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 0 bonus episode that does not feature Skylar or Lauren. It's just the PJ and Casey romp from Skylar's time with COVID. Oh, R.I.P. COVID. Well, not R.I.P. COVID, but you know. Sorry, Skylar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Almost RIP to me from COVID. I'm glad it didn't. But you know what? I think let's kind of just figure this out as we go. I think we've got to just start at the beginning. And this is how I picture it. But you guys jump in if you guys have anything different. I'm ready. We cut in. Mm -hmm. What's the name of the casino? Kakuguri the casino. Nope. (laughs) We've got to come up with an actual name here. We've got to come up with a substantial pitch that we're going to throw out here. So it's got to do something that's like... Like Treasure Island or... You know, something about... like the seven deadly sins. Ooh, the Diablo Den. That's kind of cute. I like the I think alliteration. That's a little on the nose. Well, you know what? No, no, no. Because no. gambling think, is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gambling's like a sin. Yeah. We have the Diablo Den where we find ourselves. We cut up the exterior of the Diablo Den. It is this big, luxurious casino. Mm-hmm. There's an LED devil girl, very sexy pinup style. Super sexy. And the LED is one of those, like the leg is down and then the that light turns off and up. then it's a leg up. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Oh, Full okay. vibe. That's such a vibe. I wanted uh, Keanu Reeves in The Devil's Advocate, like those like really sexy moving uh, statues above Al Pacino's fireplace. I haven't seen The Devil's Advocate. Nor have I. <sighs> so I don't have like a like a basis to help you with this. Okay. You know what? They can exist just because we don't know what you're they talking exist. about. They exist. Yep. Somewhere. Just, well, aesthetically, just no. The finger, with what there you they guys are. said and the thing I'm thinking of doesn't mix. So let's just go with your thing because it's majority rules. They're in the garden walkway up to the casino. Uh, up to the casino. There you go. Are we going to have like different sections of the casino look different ways, like different themes? Or is it all devil based? <gasps> the seven levels of hell. Wow. Okay. I think we're getting a little high concept, but I like that. Keep that in your back pocket. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. You know, it's almost like we're tracking shot. We The doors open and you see so many people. There's so many people. There's crafts. There's, you know, roulette tables. There's slots. It is a bustling casino. Mm-hmm. You see, you know, female waiters in like... Uh, little devil outfits male waiters are wearing like very nice suits very like al pacino in the devil's advocate but with like you know novelty little devil horns and you see all these people having fun and it keeps zooming through the crowd until you get to kind of like the high level where you see sitting on like almost like a watch throne is our pink murder twin do you think we reveal them so early Oh, you know what? Okay, you're right. I think we have to go with an initial kill yes. to establish this. I think so, too. You're so right. I think we need to zoom in on one of the games first. So we have, let's say, 
something innocuous, right? Something totally innocuous, like poker. Mm-hmm. Someone is playing poker and they're just drinking. They're ha- they are so drunk, clearly, and they're belittling the the dealer. Uh, but the the final stroke comes with one of the sexy devil uh, waitresses comes up, and he just fully like gets like a big handful of ass from her. Gross. And she like slaps him, and then he slaps her back. Oh, slaps her down to the ground. Yikes. And you start seeing people rush over and you even see what look like bouncers come up until seemingly out of nowhere appears the green murder twin. There you go. Yep. I was going to say, but that's when he comes in. The the murder twins. What age are they? Are they like the young, young age? I They look, I have to imagine, because we are basing this kind of off of Lauren's prediction. Right. So they look like 10. They are very close to non-legally, in non-legal territory. <laughs> like, they should definitely not be in this casino then. It's no, a they question. Should all, it's, it's almost shocking that they're in this casino, but like everyone kind of accepts it. So it's like, oh, your mom is a is like a dealer or your parent is a dealer here. I think that's what people here. guess, but there's never like they don't say that. Like yeah. they just say they're in charge, and people just assume like, oh, that's probably the boss's kid or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. cutie, cutie, cuties. Yeah. So he stops uh, security, and they see him obviously, and he says, "It's fine, sir. I'm sorry that we've caused so much of a disruption for you." You clearly seem like a man who knows how to gamble. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you'd like to join us at the high stakes table. But he's saying it with a little cute kid voice. So can you repeat everything you're saying with a little <laughs> cute kid voice? I have to. I hate to say I'm a scriptwriter, not an actor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're not reenacting this. We're just writing it. Wow. And plus, like, have Cowards. you seen? Have you listened to the dub of Cardcaptor Sakura? Yeah. It'd be more like it's way more like a teenage voice than anything. Yeah. He's like right on the edge of puberty. And the man obviously is. like like so oh, relieved of course yeah. of course like yeah like he's not even relieved he doesn't think he did anything wrong yeah that's true. he's a monster it's, yeah he is a monster and you know he's like ha 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 looking at everyone like see i'm right i'm the good guy here mm. and he mm. gets uh he follows the our green twin into a back room and at first it's all black and then you think like oh maybe the lights are just off but then from the black void you see the plushie appear Oh, the little lion guy. Yeah, so we have our non-legally disputable version of Keros. <laughs> it's literally just him, but with like a lion's mane. There you go. That's it. Just 10% difference in the copyright. <laughs> and an fine. eye patch. Oh, just for... No, he has to look cute. He has to look very non-threatening. He looks very non-threatening. He has to be very... I agree. Very cute, very non-threatening. And then once he agrees to play the game, he becomes... That's when he can become scary. When he yeah. gets trapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Green Murder Twin says, are you, are you ready to play the game? And the guy says something like, oh, of course, I'm ready to play any game. Yeah, I'm always ready. Uh, you know, it's very, it's, this is like the first like four minutes of the episode, right? So yeah. like, it's, it's very quick. He's, is, this guy's not going to get a ton of character development. He's going to die soon. Well, now, do we just want to do, like, oh, yeah, of course, I'm ready to do the game, and then it does, like, a door slam, and then we just hear screaming, or do we want to go, like, in-depth? We're going to see the first game. Okay. Yeah, we have to like establish what this is. Yeah, we have I to. Feel. Unless, unless we want to give people like a taste of what's coming. Well, okay. So what if we do like the scream with the door slam and blah, blah, blah. Then like we go on to a different thing. Let's say like a detective. He's like, I got to find out why all these bad people are disappearing. He doesn't say bad people. And he goes. And then as he's like trying to learn things, then we like jump back to when um, first guy is like in the game and we see like him get eviscerated or something. I don't like the flashback idea, but I do like the detective angle. Yes, I I enjoy so a good detective. How about this? How about we find like a middle ground? I think as soon as he says yes, you see the game form. Yes, you have and to. And then see it. the door closes, and you hear the scream. You don't see the death. Okay. So, but okay, but he's so not this getting. Guy he's not is, dying though. He's just getting trapped, right? Or are we no, like they're doing murdered. full murder? Well, so well, so I mean, as You're, we discuss, as you discuss in your prediction, they die if they don't win the game, but they never win the game. That's yeah. fair. So yeah. their their body is being murdered, and then their soul is trapped there forever. Ooh. So we have this guy. His sin is essentially like excess debauchery and there is a bit of lust but it's also a lot of like i don't know sloth a lot of uh what's the greed 
Yeah, pride. he's really hidden a lot of a lot the, of b- yeah. marks here. But let's based on what we've seen about him, what do we think his murder game is? Because mm. Skylar, you have the idea that it follows their sin. What do you think his murder game is? Damn, I really should have watched Seven and to like prepare for this episode. <laughs> well, Seven didn't really do like murder games. He just was like, "You're sloth. Guess you're gonna like be a sloth. Eat no done." <laughs> You're an animal Glutton, now. They made that like, man made him eat. eat. Yeah, but like, what would that game be? Like, he just did it. Like, that's not a game. Okay, so let's narrow down what this guy's sin is. I think it's pride, personally. So I was thinking, well, yeah, pride would make sense. Um, so arrogant. I was thinking, and this could be like too much. I completely understand. Because again, I think you guys want it to be like more like vague. And like, for me personally, I like bad people being punished. And so, like, it was, he was, like, drawn to the casino in the first place because he was, like, literally such a shitty person. And he's done, like, one major horrible thing. And so, when he's in there, it's kind of, like, Jigsaw where he's, like, remember this thing that fucking happened? And then they play it for him. And he's, like, oh, yeah, that 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 wasn't a big deal. I, it, it, it was fun. I didn't, I didn't mean to kill that person. I, I will, I will posit this is in stark contrast, contrast to your desire for this to not show the death so like maybe we get there but you you're kind of jumping in too many different directions i like the idea though that people are drawn here but i do still like the idea that this is a regular functioning casino otherwise i don't want Mm -hmm. everyone in this casino to be someone that is going to be punished but just you know people in this there are people in this casino who are here to be punished well it's all about networking like you know your friend goes to a fun casino and they're like hey go here and you just happen to be a bad person no but your friend's i do not think a bad there person. is something supernaturally driven but that we can in get into episode. i think that's something that we're not going to get into until like episode four or five heck even episode three yeah. i think episode one and two is leaving you wanting but right. we'll get into the sins in episodes one and two so how about this how about we find like a middle ground here uh, as soon as he agrees to the game the the room goes from black to ooh let's say that this guy's sin was envy and he killed his brother and is living off of his much more successful brother and he's living off of the life insurance payment and that's why he's here because he was trying to win it bigger yeah and so you get uh everything so let's say like i i just 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 a random idea i'm throwing out there so his sin is envy and he killed his brother the game is going to immediately be somewhat recognizable to him as a punishment for that what do we think that game is i think it's his brother let's say his brother coming back and like surrounding him that's not a game hold on no no no. he has to play against his brother I don't know if this would apply to this man. I think that's the problem I'm having. You know that whole, like, trolley-like scenario? That's not a game, though. It could be a game if you're a bad person. Yeah, but the trolley problem presents you with killing other people. There's no point in you. There's no danger to you. I've, I, well, I, I guess this is my posit to you. I think each episode, the, the game can really only last 10 to 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like you can't go too heavy but you can go heavy enough but and also but again you have to remember skylar we're just doing a teaser here here yeah right so what i think it is right so he has killed his brother mm-hmm. and we're going to have the game be so the the room is going to change and it is going to become his childhood home and it is going to be so the like game Jax? that his brother always beat him at like foursquare or jacks or is this becoming too like squid games though well yes with what lauren said it's becoming very squid game squid games um so no i don't think that's the direction i think it needs to be something that paints that picture for him so how about um him and his brother always used to play what's like a card game that you play uno with just two people you know what it's something as simple as uno it's like a version of uno and then we don't he doesn't see this but we as no you know what we just see his brother come out of nowhere yeah. and we don't know that it's his brother but you start seeing him panic yeah he's and upset. then he sits down and, and he says how are you here how are you left you know the whole thing and he's like what are you talking about are you ready to play and they start playing uh and then you hear the door slam and then cut scream but it's 
uh, as the scream, as you pull further away from the scream, it's muffled by the sounds of the casino. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. And then we have our OP. Nice. There you go. That's it. That's the opening. I think the OP for this is... Uh, I Let's quickly pitch what the OP is. Uh, I think the OP, and this is my my mind version of it, I think it's going to be very... Something uh, somewhat spooky, but very rocky. Like, very uh, yeah, rock heavy. Yeah, I felt the same. But it's going to have, like, almost like an undertone of something like a, like, do-do-do, like, very, like, creepy, music like, chi- creepy music box music oh, so mixed like, with rock. Exactly like the... um the the saw the op for higurashi it's kind of like imagine if higurashi an american horror story had a baby with 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 um toilet bound hanukkah kun okay (laughs) i'm into this vibe i like this vibe uh the visuals keep switching between like what look like casino games or children's games with like blood splatter on them mm-hmm. in like in like cutty like very jittery again very American Horror Story style visuals and then you see like very almost a little sexually charged images of the twins together like yeah. as like together yeah like they're like always taboo. like holding each other like they're holding each other's faces while looking at the camera mm, or yeah because that's uncomfortable because incest but also their children yes but the, and then um you also see a few other characters that you obviously haven't met yet one visual that i would fucking love to have in this op main character that we follow like protagonist he is like on top of like a craps poker table and then like someone slams down like um like a huge stack of chips and then it like starts to like fall over and cave on him and it's just like a lot of like people surrounding him and it's got like the sensor bars over his eyes and stuff and like he's just like okay i need to draw it never mind keep going um so our detective is one of the characters so yeah i like the detective angle i also want there to be this very like beautiful innocent looking woman that you see a lot of you've she's wearing regular clothes Mm -hmm. and you keep seeing shots of her in the background now is she is that woman one of the 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 female murder twin and she could change no no, we're not going that supernatural. But I will say, I do feel the murder twin needs to change shape. What? I do agree with Skylar here. Specifically just the girl, the, right? Specifically just the girl. 100%. The way I envision the scene ending off camera fully for the guy is the second that they kill him, she like walks out of the shadow. And as she like crosses the shadow, it turns into her. And she's like, oh, such dirty work. Whatever, you know? We see like the brother and it like turns back into her. But Lauren, you seem a little hesitant on that. I mean... No, it's fine. I just hadn't expected it to be that supernatural, but we've it can literally be. we literally made the game be his childhood home and his dead brother appears, and the whole <laughs> game is run by a spiritual furry. I figured the casino was the like the magic house, and these twins just ran it. Like they have come in contact with this supernatural being, and they're like the the face of it. But they have to have something to do with it. That's fair. Like, they can't just be, like, the place of Supernatural, but they just, like, stab people a bunch. Well, you know. So, uh, our intro uh, ends, uh, the rock almost goes away, and then it just fully ends on the music box uh, as the logo appears. Uh, And then we cut into the actual episode. Uh, And I like that we jump into the police precinct, and we have this hard-boiled detective. And he's supposed to be very... He's hard-boiled. Yes. Or uh, or is he brand new? And like, this is going to be his first big case. So we have our horrible detective and he has like the, sh- the, the, you know, the board up with everyone that's gone missing and died. And he's like, you know, with this is going on. We have all these people going. And then we have like this handsome young detective who raises his hand and says, I mean, these were all really bad people, though. We were investigating this guy for the murder of his brother. And that's where it becomes obvious to our audience what exactly happened there. Mm-hmm. and then they're like Perfect. well it doesn't matter if he, he we think that he did that like you know we people can't take the law into their own hands this is a very common trope i understand that but i think it's a common trope for a reason yeah it happens a lot but you know it happens a lot in real life too and he's like and you better and you better you know keep that thing in line because i'm putting you on the case whoa twist how hot is this Honestly, detective? like <laughs> i feel like that's already like 
a red flag for that detective. Because, like, over here in the States, we have problems with, like, police not wanting to do their jobs, like, well. And, like, I feel like if you put the person who's just like, I mean, they're a bad person. You're not going to put a whole lot of effort in trying to solve that crime. So what I think the Grizzle Detective is thinking is that, like, you're young and you think this is right. I've been doing this a lot longer. And I know that if I put you on this, you're going to see the reality of this situation. And right now you might think like, maybe this isn't the worst thing, but the more you investigate it, you're going to realize that even if these people were bad people, they left behind people that cared about them. And no matter what you do, justice needs to fall on the hands of those who like of the law. It needs to happen with judgment and with righteousness from like society and not from an individual or a series of individuals. And that's the series. That's the lesson that the detective hopes that his, you know, the head detective hopes that his, you know, brand new detective is going to learn. And then the grizzled, well, hard boiled egg, hard boiled egg. (laughs) A detective is actually God. And then we find out that a new detective who's super sexy is like a reborn angel who has to fight (laughs) Demons okay, so the I'm den. going with what Lord said earlier, where I think we're going a little too <laughs> supernatural here. Um, I feel like that's like that's like the supernatural season eleven. Like we don't have ideas left anymore. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I like that it's normal people going up against the supernatural. Yeah, you know, and we have. Just some, you know, we're in an anime and we're in the detective and supernatural genre. So something that would never happen in real life has to happen here. And that is the hardware detective is going to be like, we don't have any other detectives to put on this with you. So we've subcontracted out a private investigator to assist you on this mission. And that's where we see the woman come in. Oh, the one that was in the intro? Yes. Okay. And she's okay. gorgeous, very innocent looking, and she dresses very like you know, she's she's just very effervescently beautiful. And she has two different colored eyes. Yeah, she has heterochromia. Green Ooh. and pink. Whoa. Like the murder twins. Oh yeah. my god. This poor man's gonna die. Oh Wanda and Cosmo. <laughs> Fairly odd parents. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so we, uh, she uh, introduces herself to him. They kind of start hitting it off. Her name is Sasha. Her name is not Sasha. This is (laughs) an anime that we are pitching after all. (laughs) I think we could avoid naming them a little bit here. Her name is Reina. Her name is Reina. We'll stick with it. And then Daisuke as our... uh, Cute As our new detective. detective. And uh, what's egg in Japanese? <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. Google Translate. I'm gonna Google it right now. Yeah. Uh, it's Tamago. The the uh, and the, detect- and the head detective is Detective Tamago because he's a hard boiled <laughs> egg. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. You know, they introduce each other. They're going through everything, and they start looking at the criminals and. You know, the, the guy is like, again, you know, like everyone leaves and it's just them two and they've already introduced themselves a little bit, but she's a little shy almost. And he starts looking at the list of, you know, the list of criminals who have gone missing. And he's like, you know, I don't know why we're going after whoever's doing this. Like they're help making our jobs easier. And then she says like, you're wrong. Like she like gets so upset. And he's like, whoa, 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 what's wrong? And she, and she points to one of the pictures and she says, this, this was my father. And it's just a random one on the board. Mm. And he's like, wow, your dad's a bad person. And he says, like, I'm sorry that your dad was such a bad person. And then she, like, you know, like, launches back at him, like, slaps him and then leaves. And then, like, the and then, you know, Daisuke is kind of left to be like, whatever. She's, like, crazy. And then you see her, like, running and she's crying and it's raining. But at the same time, cherry blossoms coming off the trees. (laughs) Whoa. So she is kind of magical. And as the cherry blossom like hits like her cheek, she like closes her eyes and a tear streams down, but then she opens her eyes and it's a flashback to her as a little girl. And her father, it's like a younger version of the the picture you saw, is like a very rough guy, but you can see that he's like struggling to be a good father to her. Like he's like But he's an addict. He's like a little bit of an addict, but like he got her this super cute doll and it's maybe a little beat up. Like maybe he got it from like the gutter, but she loves it so much because it it came from him and it came from the heart. And it was such an important moment to her. No matter how bad of a person he might have been, he was always 
a the good best dad. father he could be to her. Mm-hmm. And um, and as she like hugs it tight, you uh, she uh, closes her eye, a tear streams down her face, and then it's back to her as an adult, and she's just clutching like where the nothingness because everything's gone. Question: Can the doll look like the cute little casino doll? See, I was thinking almost like a bunny with like an eye missing and an ear ripped off. I've drawn that so many times. Let's do it. Got it. <laughs> Um, cause I, I, cause I feel like at that point it start, we'd start getting into weird, like people would start making fan theories being like, oh my God, you know? And I do want high level. She doesn't actually have anything to do with them, but right. you want, you want the audience to think that she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we don't have to go as obvious as what I was talking about where it's just like, oh, this person's like God and blah, blah, blah. But like, I think we do have to have some supernatural good at some point because it can't just be a world where the supernatural is like evil. Like, I guess like, well, I guess they're not well, evil. I like the idea. Well, A, they're kind they're of pretty vengeance. neutral. They're kind of vengeance. And B, there's not to say that there isn't good supernatural in this world but i almost like the idea of man versus supernatural like it's people who are going to stop them not some other supernatural entity it's everyday people regardless of the fact that what these creatures aren't doing are doing isn't evil it's still wrong and they Mm -hmm. humanity is going to fight for what's right because that's how you get good heroes journey storytelling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i agree and then she goes, she storms back in and he's like, look, I'm sorry. I don't know. And then she just like says, look, these people, they might not have been good people, but they had families. They had people that cared about them. They didn't deserve to go missing, to die. They deserved to go to prison. Like, I don't care if my dad was a bad man. He might have done terrible things and he deserved to be punished for those things. He should be in a jail cell and I could still see him once a month or, you know, once every week when I go visit him, but he's gone. I don't get that because these people did what they did and we need to put a stop to this. And he, at that moment, has that realization. The beginnings, the seeds, the seeds of a realization. I do have a question then. Are these people just missing or is their physical body dumped somewhere? I would say clearly this place is very supernatural. I imagine it almost Shadow Realm E, again, legal withstanding withholding, <laughs> um, where they are murdered and then their body is almost fed to the casino in a weird way. We can get into that in like towards the end of the season, but okay. they don't reappear anywhere. I was like, how do they know they're dead then? Again, that's why I've said every single time dead or missing. Okay. They don't know. They're just presumed dead. Well, no, yeah, after a certain to be amount of time, missing. They're de- they're no, presumed missing for a certain missing amount of time. For a certain amount of time, you're presumed then, dead. Yes, and because of the mo consistently being the same, now they're just treating almost all of them as presumptive deaths mm-hmm. until proven otherwise. Yeah, after a certain amount of time, you're assumed dead. So a lot of these people. So this has been happening for a very long time, clearly. This has been, yes, this has been happening for a very long time. I think high-level concept, these murder twins are ageless, infinite. They are easily hundreds of years old. I agree. And this is just the people that they know about. Like, there's probably others who've disappeared in there that they have no idea. Right. Yeah. And these are just the ones who were high-level enough and or had family ask after them. Uh, He commits to uh, helping as much as he can and actually putting his all into this case and they like give each other like a very determined anime smile (laughs) and then uh it zooms out it it, like cuts to uh a zoom in to that throne that i had mentioned earlier and the pink anime murder twin is sitting on the throne while her murder twin green murder twin brother is standing next to her and the little sitting on the arm of the chair Uh, He's sitting on the arm of the chair, almost seductively, playfully to the audience, not to her. Right. Like, it's very, like, um, the aloof hot character. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, she's very, like, boss bitch, as Lauren said, just standing there overlooking her domain as the the little flying plushie kind of flies around them. And she uh, just looks down at the casino and you see you know hundreds of people there how do we want to close out episode one um i think they see their next victim and they like 
you know, they see someone. It just like, being, like he's at the bar. We get a close up on the drink. You see ice clink, condensation on the glass. It zooms out, zooms and then into his it, face, zooms back yeah. out to the murder twins' face. And they she smile. smile. Yeah. Goes, yep, yep, yep. Outro. <laughs> yeah, she smiles and then outro. And our outro is not a come down at all. We are not. Uh, we are. It's almost like We're unsettling. I think our outro has to be almost unsettling. Like it's creepy. Okay. So. But it's like a softer creepy. Like it's almost like. Come like little children. The, the audio equivalent of like looking at a broken baby doll in a room alone. <laughs> it's not like a lullaby it can be a lullaby it could be like a creepy lullaby but it's not like a like it's almost like disjointed discordant it's it's um i would imagine high intensity violin accompanying it accompanying it but while it's like still a lullaby it's very unsettling like it's mm-hmm. hard to listen to but in a very good way yeah i'm into it and the outro can like i think visually can just be like um diff- i think it can be the pictures that we saw on the corkboard of all the victims the missing victims Ooh. um and it's like the pictures but um the uh each time you see like the picture of the victim and then it like kind of like glitches out to like a picture of their murder room right or to like a visual of their murder room and then glitches back to the next picture like that's what i think the outro visual is the mm-hmm. concept of the murder rooms reminds me of season three of uh, American Horror Story when they all have to go to their own personal hells. I think that's pretty much kind of what we're going for is Hell yeah. You die that was literally the best part of season three. Of something like that. Okay. So we have our episode one. Episode two, I think, is a big chunk of recap. But I think where the formula is going to go here for the show is going to now start focusing more on the murder twins. Mm-hmm. I'd say like the first like four minutes of the episode is Detective and P.I. Uh, the next like uh, two minutes is establishing your victim. The next like 10 minutes is like the kill because I want it to be like super intense and in depth each time. Like we're going to learn about their crimes, why they're here as the game is playing out. And at the end of the game, you get the kill. And then I want us to start getting interactions between the murder twins for the last like four minutes. And then the PI and detective for like the closing two minutes. Like they are at the end of the day are protagonists, main characters, but they are protagonists. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So I guess uh, because of like Lauren, like how violent is this? Is this like a fun one we do for October? So I don't think or? we so I don't think we're gonna um I don't so A, before we get too into it, I think I kind of don't need us to edge out the exact specifics of everything that happens in episode two. Um I think we kind of have our formula. Uh but I want this I want the death to be pretty violent. Okay. So what I think our high level to episode two is we have the detective and the PI and they start you know, they have a very like, you know, like the cork board with the pictures and the red strings and they are starting, they have like two strings that lead to the Diablo den, but not enough, but they're starting to assume a connection here. Right. Um, And they're talking through it. And then she is like, wait a minute. My father always used to talk about wanting to like towards the end of his life, talked about feeling like he needed to go to the Diablo den. Or towards the last time she saw when the last time she saw him um he was smoking and he threw a matchbook to her with the diablo den logo on it so then i think he would try to hide his his gambling from her trying to be such a good dad well yeah so that begs the question to us do we feel that people are supernaturally called here? That's what we were originally going for. Like, bad people are supernaturally called here, but is it multiple times before they get murdered? Like, why would he already have the match book? It doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, promoters hand out matchbooks. Why books. do they keep having them come back? Yeah, it would just be, it would just be the once... Well, no, because they keep coming back because it's like a test if they keep getting like worse and worse. Like there's like mini tests every time they go. And then they're like, oh, you're a piece of shit this time. Oh, you're a piece of shit. No, because then, you know, you you judge based on one day. I guess. Yeah, the the sin that you already committed before going to the casino. That's what you're going to do. I like the idea almost that these people have officially like... What by whatever moral compass the casino uses have officially committed a cardinal sin. So and what now if he has like punished. 
a brochure that he's like circled a bunch of times. I almost like the idea that he just mentioned feeling to need to go there because it starts putting the idea in that these people are compelled to go here. Or do we know, do they even like fixate on the Diablo den yet? Is it just like every one of these people was a heavy gambler and they start well, just hitting like the up casinos? I don't like they were all heavy gamblers because then yeah, it's only gamblers that die here. Yeah. Mm. It honestly might even be super out of character that he went to the Diablo Den, and that's why it was even more noticeable to her. Because originally when I said addict, I just meant drugs, not gambling. Oh, yeah. No, I felt the same. Yeah, something like that. I felt the same. Do we want to keep in that he mentioned he felt he needed to go there? Yes, let's do that. Let's let's keep that. So I'll have that just be like the second string that she puts through there, but they obviously don't have enough connection to start being like, all right, time to investigate the Diablo Den. But it's enough that they're like, all right, so this is a point of interest. Maybe this is where our guy hunts. This is one of those places where our guy hunts because they're going off the assumption that this is one person and it's a serial killer. (laughs) And it's easy to take out people that are under the influence. So maybe that's why he, you know, was targeting people there. Yeah. I I mean, I think there's something to that, right? Like it's, it's the looking for an easy victim. At least that's the assumption they're going off of as of now. So it becomes a point of interest. Maybe there's a special drug that comes out of the Diablo Den. Like, I like the idea of it, but now I, I feel like we start getting into this weird area where, like, why isn't the DEA also involved in this case? Okay. And like, yeah, if they're you know, peddling like, drugs. I, like, I do almost like the idea that it's, like, a sin drug. Like, if you do it once, like, if you do it and you're not a sinful, like, you haven't committed a cardinal sin, like, it doesn't even affect you. But if you have, it can, you know, it gives you, like, an ultimate high and it compels you to go there. But then you also run the risk of, like, oh, this is weird because, like, if someone bought drugs and it didn't do anything to them, like, they might just kill their drug dealer and it might just be, like, an innocent murder. You run a lot of gray area risks with that. Mm Mm-hmm. I just think it's almost full supernatural, com- like compelling. I think you do start getting into again later seasons, very demonic, de- devil and hell stuff tied to this place. I would really, because you know how big casinos can be, right? Um, so we have like the bar, we have the restaurant, all that good stuff. I would love a dance club that is cathedral themed. Sure, go for it. Parting in front, stained glass. Super. <laughs> yeah, we we you know we're just painting some pictures here. So I think the big chunk of this episode is going to be really establishing the actual situations that happen. So I think we have someone, we have their cardinal sin. We'll say this person's sin is, um, what's one that would be super fun that we can think of like a game for? Lust? I don't know. What's like the sex game? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say lust is very specific. How about we do the game of pride and we go for the simplest pride game in the book russian roulette okay i'm down this person's crime let's just say they're like uh someone who works on wall street and they have been manipulating the the way money's inside been going. trainer there you go yeah Trading? inside traders yes that wait but wouldn't that also be greed yeah so i want something that's almost like pride specific so pride is you know the definition is an excessive view of oneself without regard for others like so narcissism right it's a almost politician. like narcissism so he yeah let's say he's a politician he's a leo uh, i mean the symbol for pride <laughs> is a lie the symbol for pride is a lie and more often right. than not um so let's say that he uh is a politician who is always putting his interests forward, even non-financial interests. Like, it's not about greed. It's about knowing that he's better than the masses. Like, he specifically, like, he has put out laws that have banned people from being near his property because they don't deserve to be even touched like the grass. Like, he is just a bad person. Mm -hmm. And his game ends up being, you know, something like a Russian roulette. You know, uh, the in this one... Like, I like the idea that almost like the plushie turns into the room, like in a weird way. Like, you don't think the room transforms around it and the tra- and the plushie transforms into something that belongs in the room? Mm, I like the idea of the plushie being like the center of the games. Okay. The plushie's it. just like the table. Like, they're <laughs> playing, throwing the gun across. Like, I like the idea that the plushie like almost like bursts into particles and like touches every wall and then becomes Mm. the thing and then in comes like you know pink murder twin girl um who we still don't know their names like on purpose like you know where it's gonna be a while before we we start learning more about them it might even be the end of this episode though oh so like 
the game is like Russian roulette and you know he's going and again the point with the pride is they keep telling him so the pink murder twin girl turns into let's say his assistant the person below him that he almost demeans more than anybody else because he doesn't care how his actions affect them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the thing will be that his assistant keeps saying like sir you can give up anytime you want and then he keeps being like fuck you if you think you can keep going i can keep going i'm better than you and if you can do this i can do this you can see he's like sweating you know he's like very nervous about it yeah yeah yeah. and then um the game keeps going and as the game keeps going she as his assistant keeps pointing out more of his sins like she keeps being like you did this you did this you did this we learn more and more about how evil they are it's not just that they're prideful because they like did one bad thing you learn about just why they are just bad enough to be here as this goes and then when the final moment he says like you can and he's like you know maybe they come to a a point where he's like uh maybe even starting to feel sorry or bad the as the assistant says one more time like you can give up if you want it doesn't seem like you can handle anymore and that he his pride gets the best of him and he shoots one more time and you hear the bullet finally go off but then he opens his eyes and he's still alive (sighs) and he's like wait what and then that's when again she drops the facade of being the assistant and then her and the brother appear and they actually like kill him themselves he lost the game but they're the ones that do the killing they're the murder twins they mm. are the murder twin. Oof. Okay. So, so how graphic how is this? Him? Yeah. <laughs> how are we going to do Skylar this? I want Skylar to paint this because Skylar's the one that reads the most horror stuff. Oof. Okay. I mean, like, how supernatural do we want it to go? Like, in the death? I mean, I want it to be them that do it. I don't want them to, like, call chains forth or something. Like, I want them to kill him. Oh, like, with their hands and stuff? Like, sure. I mean, they could use they could use their powers. They're clearly supernatural beings, but they're the ones doing it. Yeah, it could be supernatural. Like, yeah, you know what? I'm a, Scratch everything I said. They need to do it, but they can use whatever means, whether supernatural or not. And maybe mm. it's a fitting death. But I, I really want you to take point on this, Skylar. The problem I have right now is writer's block. So do you just need me to say it then? Okay, what is the saying about your nose with pride? Are you thinking of cutting off your face to spite your nose? Cutting off your nose to spite your face? That's not necessarily pride. That's blaming the wrong person. I thought that was always like describing a prideful person. It can be, but like it's not necessarily exclusively a prideful person. But if that's the direction you want to go, then I say go for it. Well, let's hear Lauren's ideas. Okay, well, they say pride goeth before a fall, right? So, um... I think that initially the floor just breaks from under him and he falls and has like kind of a moral combat death where like he's impaled on a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you know, the murder twins come out of this abyss that he's just continually falling in. Um, Like, I don't know, stabbing him and ugh, I don't know, punching him in the face. I don't know how graphic you guys want to <laughs> go. Listen, this isn't my wheelhouse. So I want this to be full supernatural then if we're going to go in that direction. I want the brother to say pride cometh before the fall and the floor falls out from under him and he's falling, falling, falling. And as he lands and we are now with, uh, he falls and he's like on his knees and then you, you cut zoom to his like eyes wincing in pain and then you zoom out and he's now a little kid and then you see the pink murder twin turn into his father and (laughs) this is how we get very high concept with this anime you know something that people can really talk about where it's like oh it's always going to explore how you know even bad people it comes from somewhere and you mm-hmm. see the the reason that he came from that he became so prideful was because his brother his father i mean always treated him like he was nothing like he was worse than dirt and then he looks up at his father and he starts crying and in his little kid voice he's like i'm sorry dad and then he just you know he does something terrible like you see where this is coming from but then um you know, the second he, like, says, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I give up, like, I, you're better than me, she turns back into herself, and then she, we, like, can totally go wild out. We can quote scripture here. And then she just chains, start grabbing him from all over, drag him down to the floor, and start, like, you see, like, the ground breaking underneath him. Is he gonna get quartered? She says, like... You know, ever since your father died, you thought you'd have to be bigger than everyone else. You were above everyone else. Now you're going to be below everyone and then just gets dragged straight down to hell. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. 
there you go. That's it. And then, like, you know, you've seen a million scene changes, right? Like, he fell through. They were in his childhood home. They were in, like, you know, his office. You had all these things. And then the walls, like, kind of particle out and then reform into the the plushie. And you're still in the dark void. You've never left. Everything has been all, like, visualized. And then um, the plushie says something insanely cute. And it's disturbing how cute it is. And then um, the brother goes up to her and's like, "Do you really think you need to get so like wordy with it? Like, and do you really have to bring like his father to this? Like, it becomes almost too casual." And mm-hmm. she and she's very like, "Well, of course, like I had to teach him, you know, his lesson, and I had to like show him the wrong of his doings." He's like, "Yeah, but like, oh my god, we get it. We're all messed up by our parents. <laughs> like, you know, it's such a casual, funny, honestly conversation that it's like, oh, do I really like these characters?" kind of yeah. kind of vibe especially the brother you know he's very like ugh, this is so and you know i'm getting bored of this like you know we kind of are doing these big like set pieces and we're like quoting scripture to them now and she's like what i thought it fit the situation but you can tell that he's getting bored with what they're doing right the the plushies just being cute we like have like their interaction and they are like you know what it's fine let's just go back maybe the next one will be more interesting and he's like i doubt it (laughs) (laughs) which is especially jarring to the audience who saw like you know very like gruesome scene yeah and it you know it closes on the doorknob i like a idea of a lot of transitions in this anime it closes and you see the and it zooms on the doorknob as it slams and you see the doorknob turn and open and it's um the detective and the pi exiting their precinct hell yeah and heading uh and you know putting on their jackets because it's so raining outside and they're like all right all right we've got to start investigating these stops we've got to start going to these places and they start walking towards um a place near the diablo den they're not heading there but as they're walking past you see the green brother is looking out the window and he almost for a second makes eye contact with the pi woman she makes quick eye contact with him and then he looks away, but then you look back, like, as soon as she turns, like, and it cuts, and she's, like, kind of, it's like, okay, that was weird, and keeps walking, but then you see him turn and keep staring at her, you see a small blush appear on his cheek. Oh, he likes mm. her. He thinks he's cute. And then you see the plushie come up and say, like, why is your face so red? Uh, and then he's like, get out of here. Uh, and, and they have like a very cute little exchange. And then he's like, well, your sister's calling you. I think there's something else that needs to happen. And then they're called into, you know, the uh, into a like big boardroom. And there's like a shadowy presence in the back, like almost kind of like of just a void in the back wall. And it's speaking in like this like gross underdark voice being like, you know, uh, things are uh, becoming uh, challenging for you, whether you know it or not. Your tactics are starting to come into question. And they say, like, you know, how could you say that? Like, we've gotten results. You know, she's very, like, upset because she's the boss bitch, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, through the... In- and they're like, well, we have a report. And through the inky void, you see one of the other officers that was in the room. And then he transforms into what looks kind of like the same age as them. But he's clearly not related to them. And he's got, like, I don't know, let's say, like, uh, blue. And he's got, like, a very, like, devilish smile. And he's very, like, you know, hands in pockets, kind of slumped over, kind of, like, rascal vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like they're investigating you and like something like that he reveals to them that they're being investigated and they look at each other when the guy uh, reveals himself they call him by his name and then he calls them by their names what do we want their names to be so we have the blue guy who's kind of like a little shit (laughs) um so what do we want his name to be like it could be something i think what's i think we kind of i want them to all essentially kind of have their names be their personality in a way well, like, for them, I'm still, like, workshopping it. But at first, like, the justice word for, I mean, the word for justice is um, Masa Yoshi. And I was just like, oh, you could have the girl be, like, Masa, and then the boy be Yoshi. But, like, Masa, like, low-key turns into something else when you separate it. But Yoshi still say, stays the same. I'm so into that. you want his name to be Yoshi? I think so, yeah. You want yeah, the yeah, green yeah. character to be named Yoshi? Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I knew you were gonna bring this up, but uh, I'm still I'm still looking at things. 
So then the the blue boy. What do we what 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 do we feel like is like the defining part of his personality? Is it that he's a jerk, or is it that he's very like carefree, or is it that he's kind of like a uh, like an ass kisser? I like that he's more carefree. I think that's yeah, more of his that's, defining. That's yeah. more fun. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna call him uh, a version of kind of uncaring because carefree doesn't translate super well. So uncaring is Kinishinai. So I'm gonna call him Kinishi. I oh, like I like it. that. Yeah, that's good. For the girl, what do we feel like? Do you have an idea for her name, or do we want to go with same similar naming convention? Uh, what is the word for cruel? Zankoku. I kind of um, like it. Yeah, I mean, cause what death is just like what she, and that's not that fun. So, uh, cruel death would be Zanko Kunashi. So, what if her name is Kunashi? I like that. I'm into it. Let's keep it. Oh wait, and then but then oh. that's very close to Kinishi. So, I actually like uh, Kunashi for the girl. So, I okay. think we're gonna rename the blue boy. The blue boy. Um, actually, though, so if she's Kunashi and she's like the very intense cruel death one, but we know that our green boy is starting to get bored. Yeah. So, um. Bored death <laughs> is Taku Tsunashi. So what if his name is Tsunashi? I like Into that. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good twin naming thing. So we have Kunashi and Tsunashi. And then the plush is uh, oh, Matsuyoshi. Uh, so we're going to name this character Matsuyoshi, but I like the idea that they call him Yoshi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. That's his nickname. And our blue character, we're just going to give him a generic character trait. So we're just going to, are, we are going to go a little bit more ass kisser. And just name him Blue. <laughs> blue green and pink that's their names so a bootlicker is bootsrika one of his name is surika i like that okay it sounds different than the others all right so we have i think now officially our episodes one and two of this anime we have our characters named we have what the op will sound like what the outro will sound like i think i think we've got a good anime on our hands here you guys the first two episodes sound pretty bomb to me we've got this in the bag a successful pitch in the book so all we can do now is, I don't know, uh, we'll get Crunchyroll on the phone, we'll get Funimation on the phone, we'll see who bites. But until we get a result, a response on that, thank you to everyone for listening to this insane pitch meeting. <laughs> thank you, uh, Lauren and Skylar, for your contributions to, um, wait a minute, we need to come up with a name for this anime. Oh my god. Should it have something like, should game be in the title? So let's, uh, I'm just going to put it out there. The name Murder Twins Death Game is Satijin Futago no Shi no Gemu. Uh, it's a little long. It's a little wordy. <laughs> There's I been mean, longer and wordier. I is. I was going to say, it's no uh, My, my next life, life as a, a villainous. villainous. All, All roads, roads lead, lead to, to doom. doom. I remember that one. That's a much longer and much more complicated name. I think. Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon or whatever that one is? Oh, I was just looking. Um, Daisuke, the name I gave the detective, means like big, uh, mediate, big, and help, and assist, and then bless. <laughs> Good for me. Good for you. I did a great job. What did we name the, the girl P.I.? Reina. Also, Reina means clean and pure. Damn, you really got the names like I know, fucking... <laughs> Damn, especially that, really that crying uh, cherry blossoms part. I'm good with Death Game, though. I like that. It's very... You know exactly what you're getting into. It's no murder twin death game, but <laughs> it's close enough. We know about the murder twins. Uh, what if we call the anime Batsugemu, which is punishment game? I love Ooh. that. So, that's good. Yeah, uh, that's what they're Batsugemu. doing. Batsugemu. All right. So we have our pitch for Batsugemu, the punishment game, our murder twins anime starring our delightful cast of characters. Yeah, we're going to start calling around to these studios pitching Batsugemu. If you would if you would watch Batsugemu, I encourage you to uh, drop a comment just telling us what you liked about it, what you didn't like, what uh, other deaths you might pitch. But uh, until until such time, uh, I think that is going to be the wrap-up for this pitch. If there's a specific pitch that I've done in the past that you guys want us to develop more fully, let us know. I want fan art now. Come on, oh. guys. Give me your OCs. Yeah, give us yeah. your fan art for uh, Batsugemu. And our AMV. Uh, heck, you know? I mean, I don't think you could make an AMV to Batsugemu considering there's no No, but animation. they can make an animatic. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You can make an animatic. We're asking a lot of you guys. <laughs> make an animatic. 
uh, that's what they're asking of you, but me, your humble weeb of all trades, oh, is not going to ask okay. anything of you. Sure. Other right. than uh, you, uh, tell us if you like this. Uh, who knows? We might do another anime pitch meeting in the future if you like this. Uh, <laughs> and as Lauren said, uh, if you do want us to do another anime pitch meeting, let us know what other of Lauren's pitches you would like us to revisit. But until such time, thank you so much for joining us for this punishment game and thanks for you know supporting the podcast yes thank you as always to our delightful patrons who are you listening to this and who knows maybe one day we release this as a patreon teaser and someone else gets to listen to it but just know that you <laughs> you get to listen to this off of the backs of our delightful kawaii desu patrons uh so thank you kawaii desu patron in your life today they're like veterans you should just thank them no matter what they do there you go we should have like some sort of you know symbol so everyone knows how to identify each other <laughs> So yes, thank you to all of our Kawaii Desu patrons for making this episode possible. It is, uh, you know, like PBS, uh, this episode is possible due to viewers like you. (laughs) It's so cute. But until the next Kawaii Disappointment anime pitch meeting, I have been PJ. I've been Skylar. And I've been Lauren. And I hope this pitch wasn't a Kawaii Disappointment. See y'all later. Bye. 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 Hope you don't get roped into the Batsugemu. Bye.